Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey there, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. Um, Apple's annual Worldwide Developer Conference was last week, Dub Dub DC. Don't know if you heard, you probably did, it was in the headlines uh, quite a bit. So anyways, that was last week, and I've seen some mixed opinions on what Apple's thinking, what their thought process is as far as future developments, you know, from the doomsayers to the Apple preachers, and as always, I'm going to come in from an angle that I haven't really seen anyone else approach from. I mean, maybe a little bit. It's hard to tell. I don't, you know, read every article on the internet, but I try to come with my own unique point of view. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's it's what I do. If, if you want to hear that g- generic, boring commentary, this is not the place for you. But, cool, but first, a couple quick announcements. We're making strides on the new site, uh, mgr.com. Or, I'm sorry. MGRedge.com for those unaware. I'm very excited for the new look and feel. It's it's really going to be an amazing user experience, which is the whole reason I wanted to revamp the site in the first place. Uh, you know, it was so that the user experience is better for you guys. Of course, that's all still in dev mode right now, so you guys can't see any of it. But soon, very soon, that will be open to the public. So. Thank you guys for patiently waiting. Also, all of the Medium users out there, Medium, if you don't know, it's a uh, blogging platform, I guess you could say. Just Google it, Medium. Uh, It's great. Uh, We're posting all of our stuff on there too. We set up our own publication instead of just uploading as a user. So it's like having a mini website within Medium, which works great while our current website is going through big changes. So... Definitely check us out on Medium. Link, of course, is always going to be in the description. Um, And lastly, there were a couple headlines that popped up this week that piqued my interest. I'm going to talk about those at the end of the show today in the news section, uh, as always. But I guess it'll be be an extra special news section today. I'm going to go a little more in-depth. But, by the way, all of our news sections get uploaded to Alexa. Um as a, like a weekly briefing. So if you have an Alexa, just search MGR Edge on on the Alexa app and you can listen to it on there. Anyways, that's all I have to say for our little pre-show chat. Let's talk about Apple. But first, roll the intro. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So where do I even start with Apple? I think I'm gonna start with one big thing augmented reality AR. Apple announced AR Kit 2 um, and this is the single most important announcement for me from the whole conference. Um, let me give you a quick rundown on what exactly the new AR Kit 2 entails uh, and update as far as AR goes. So the main thing or one of the biggest things that they announced is what's called shared experiences. Currently on AR Kit 1, users can only use AR by themselves. So there is no multi-user experience unless someone is looking over your shoulder or something like that. Uh, they cannot see, no one, no one else can see what your device can see or can see a similar world, if that makes sense. Uh, this new update allows multiple people to see the same exact thing as want at once, but from different 
viewpoints uh, with their devices, which, you know, that's a complex computational problem, which is probably why it wasn't in the first version of ARKit, but now it is. Uh, by the way, um, in the description of the show, I'm going to have a link to all of the, to Apple's WD, WWDC recaps, so you can follow along if you want to see actual visual examples, because a lot of this is going to be visual stuff, and this is audio format, so it's going to be in the description, just check that out uh, if you want to see that. Anyways, um, so before you could not share experiences, now you can. And this harkens back to what Apple CEO Tim Cook said in the past that he sees the real, I'm paraphrasing, but he sees the real future of AR as a shared experience that seamlessly integrates with real life. And I could not agree more. That is the real future of AR. Are. So they showed this off, this new shared experience feature in two ways. First was with uh, a four-player game that is made by Apple in-house um, where you basically like shoot slingshots at opponent's block and try to knock each other's down and get points or something. I'm not exactly sure how the game worked, but it was definitely a cool little demo for the demonstration just to show off the new capabilities. But of course, it's very basic. They just threw it together to show you what the new experience could do. Another demo they had was by uh, Lego and they had executives from Lego basically come in and show this new game where you can point your phone or iPad at a Lego structure that you make right if you of course if you buy their lego thing you build it then you can have like they had like a digital batman running around through the screen uh, both are very basic gaming related examples of how these shared ar experiences can work uh but now that ar kit 2 is being unleashed on the ar developers of the world i'm sure we're going to be seeing hundreds of new apps and updates to current apps taking advantage of this new shared experience feature very much excited looking forward to seeing that by the way if you haven't i would strongly recommend that you go to the if you have an iphone uh or i or any i device whatever apple device uh go to the app store and just look at all of the ar apps that are out there i, I did this a few months ago and there were some that were cool, but I did it yesterday when I was doing research for this podcast and just out of curiosity to see if there were any new ones. And oh my God, there are so many cool AR apps that are like like things that I didn't even think about that I'm like, oh, that's a really unique idea. I mean, there's tons of them. Just go to the AR. They have a whole AR section on the App Store. Just, just go look at it. It's very, very cool. Anyways, so shared experiences, they're coming. And by the way, I want to say AR is not limited to gaming, despite that being the predominant use of AR right now. I'm sure AR gaming and the entire augmented reality entertainment business uh, could be a multi-billion dollar industry in the future. So certainly not something to be overlooked, but I'm more focused on the utility of AR than the use of it in entertainment, um, which I'm sure a lot of you are too. But let me go over some of the announcements about ARKit. A I'm sorry, I keep calling it ARKit because that's how I, you know, my mind reads it, but it's ARKit. Um, so they have Real quick, they have a new measure app which lets you point your phone at anything and get its length. Simple but useful. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. The demo seemed very seamless. You can see someone's height. You can see the length of a wall or a door. I'm sure if you're you know working on a home project, I'm sure it's very useful. You don't actually have to go and try to 
stretch out the measuring tape and make sure it's accurate all that nope you just point your phone and it gives you the dimensions seems to be very accurate very useful even you can like measure buildings if you're outside and say you're in visiting downtown manhattan you're like how tall is that building you can just literally point your phone and it'll tell you how tall it is hopefully it works as well as it did in the demo but anyways very cool um but kind of not super important um but AR web integration is a big one for the e-commerce world that they announced, uh, a world that we at MGR are very much involved in. So now when a customer is looking at any, this mostly applies to physical products, um, obviously, uh, when they're looking at a physical product on your site, um, in Safari, they showed in the Apple demo that there's going to be a button, like if they're, you know, when they're going to look at the images of the product, there's going to be a little button that just says AR and they tap the AR button and then it will open up the iPhone camera and show the, it, but it will open it up within Safari. So they're not even leaving your web page and it will show a 3D rendering of that object of whatever you're selling in real life. They use an example of laying out a uh, Fender guitar, I believe, on a table and the person wanted to see what it would look like in real life. It was very uh, interesting. But the cool thing about it is that you can do it in browser, in your own website. You don't need to send the person to some special app like you do now, um, which is kind of why no websites utilize this. So all of you who have e-commerce sites are probably wondering, okay, cool, how do I do that for my products? Well, this is the other major announcement. Apple teamed up with Pixar to create the first ever AR-specific file format. Now, I know that does not sound sexy or exciting at all, but it really, really is. Uh, the file format is called USDZ, short for Universal Scene Description. So if you want to integrate this into your site, all you have to do is create a 3D rendering of your product in that file format and add it to your web page. Of course, I'm sure there will be more details on how to integrate everything soon, but you get the idea. And by the way, the USDZ file format is going to be compatible with the entire Adobe suite of software from day one, which for most uh, agencies, media companies, just like us, is great because you know most designers and developers like we literally create everything we have i would oh, not everything but i'd say 80 percent 90 percent of the work we do is in the adobe creative cloud their their suite of software uh so i want to see what new features adobe is going to release maybe they're going to even create a specific ar software catered just specifically to that uh sometime soon who knows but very happy to see that it's going to be from day one integrated with all of Adobe's software suite. That's a big deal uh, is for AR because before when you were developing AR, you had to kind of convert files from other 3D rendering software like in virtual software, gaming software, uh, different file formats. It was kind of cluttered. Now they're creating one simple type of file for everything it's it's going to streamline everything very smart again i'm glad that it's not just an apple specific thing but it's going to be integrated across adobe which means it'll be on windows it'll be everywhere and that's my not so brief briefing on what apple announced for their new ar developments so let's now take a step back and talk about what all this means i was very i got very kind of in the weeds there for a minute, but let's talk about the thought process for Apple, the strategy behind what Apple's actually doing here. Well, what does Apple actually do? What's their business model? Well, 
they make a fully closed but highly polished ecosystem through their operating systems like iOS and macOS and software and use it to sell top-the-line premium hardware. They don't really sell software. Uh, there's a few exceptions here and there. They don't do much services. The only services they have is iCloud, uh, Apple Music, a couple small things here and there. But their main source of revenue, their main business model is just basically the money is in selling you iPhones, iPads, Macs, Apple Watches, etc. They don't really make money on the software. You know, this is the opposite of, say, Google, who doesn't really make any money selling their hardware and has a completely open ecosystem that allows anyone to come in and work on top of Android and make their own custom versions of the Android operating system. Right in the last couple of years, Google has started getting a little more into the physical device business with their Pixel phone and a few smartwatches, and they have Nexus phones and tablets, but those are really inconsequential to Google's bottom line. All of those combined don't even equate to 10% of Google's annual revenue. So it matters in a way, but it's not it's not really a major money maker for them. In fact, they sell a lot of hardware at a break even or at a loss just to acquire customers. That's exactly what they did over the holidays with their Google Home and Google Home Minis uh, in an effort to catch up with Amazon's Alexa. They just sold them at break even and even uh, such low prices that they were actually losing money on each device that they were selling at, at one point over the holidays just because they wanted to get as many Google Homes and as many homes in America and Europe as well, which by the way, I, I kind of agree with. I think it's a good strategy, especially for Google who, again, their goal is not to make money on hardware. Their goal is to get people into their ecosystem and monetize from there. And so the best way to do that is to create great hardware at a low price, which is exactly what they did. And it worked and they sold millions of units of Google Homes. But you can see the different types of business models here. This isn't about Google. We're talking about Apple. But the biggest challenge that is facing Apple that you know the countless critics, fans, and shareholders alike have asked is what's next, right? This is the post Steve Jobs era. It has been for basically a decade now. What's the next great hardware device that Apple is going to bring to market? And here's my theory, my best estimation as someone who's been following Apple closely for years and this is somewhat backed up by what a lot of people are considering actually a very underwhelming Mac OS update. This is probably the most underwhelming Mac operating system update ever. They basically didn't add anything new except a night mode. So it's like dark instead of light and then better cross-platform integration of certain applications between iPhones and Macs. But that was it. it really nothing new. Just that was the two main things that they added. Um... And my theory is, what, why the reason I mentioned Mac, let me just give you my theory. I'll explain. It's, let, me just, <laughs> let me just give you the explanation. My theory is that Apple within the next 24 months is going to come out with its AR glasses, its own hardware glasses. And that their 5 to 10 year strategic plan is to dominate the AR glasses space just like they have with phones over the last 10 years. And by dominate, I mean be number one in air glasses in terms of revenue. Um, I don't think that they will sell as many uh, glasses as their competitors will, just like they don't sell as many phones globally as, say, Samsung or other uh, Android companies combined. 
but they make money much more money than Samsung and any other phone maker because they have higher prices and great margins. So I think the next big push for Apple is AR and it makes sense. AR Kit 2 is the most advanced and polished publicly available development kit for AR. They are the first to create a specific cross-platform file type for AR that can be used anywhere and I'm sure will be widely adopted very soon by the AR development community. They've really pushed AR at every event that they've hosted over the last 18 months, whether it's WWDC this year, WWDC last year, their last year's iPhone 10 announcement, iPhone 8. I mean, they've been pushing it nonstop. And they know that the smartphone business is becoming a race to the bottom. And the PC business already has become a race to the bottom, which is where I kind of connect it back to Max. That's that's why they're not updating Macs as much with a million great features like they used to because they don't really care about Macs anymore. They Obviously, it's a good revenue stream for them and so they're going to keep – they're not going to you know dilute the quality of their current products but they're not going to worry about developing and further improving the Macs as much as they would have in the past because they don't really care because they know that Macs are not the future. PCs are a very competitive business and smartphones are becoming the same thing. Within a few years, I don't think Apple will care much about iPhones anymore either. Apple sells high-priced premium devices in emerging consumer tech markets. But when those markets are no longer emerging, right, the, the smartphone market was emerging 10 years ago and over the last probably three, four years, it has become much, much more competitive and commoditized, which is why, which is the same thing as PC market, except the PC market has been commoditized for about a decade now, if not more. And this is shown by profit margins in the PC market dropping massively across the board for every company, every competitor in the space. Commodity markets lead to price wars and Apple does not do price wars. That's why my expectation is that Apple is going to go all in on AR as its next product staple. The new big hardware device for Apple is not going to be a car or TVs or whatever else people have been rumoring over the past few years. It will be AR glasses. Now, I don't think that they will be the first to market for AR glasses. In fact, you already have Intel, Microsoft, um, the Magic Leap, which is a $2 billion startup based out of Florida developing AR glasses. I don't think they'll be the first to market. Apple rarely is. Apple was not the first to market with the iPhone. They were not the first to market with, uh, well, I guess the Mac was way back in the day. But anyways, they're not really the first to market company, but they come in with a, first of all, they have their massive brand equity and real equity as in capital to push behind uh, products and marketing. But they will come into the AR glasses market once a few other competitors, whether they be big companies, Microsoft, Intel, or startups, doesn't matter, have, once those companies have unveiled their initial products, their initial offerings, and those products will most likely not be the greatest. They'll be kind of unpolished. That's what happens when you're first to market. And then Apple will come in with their beautiful, fully integrated device that works seamlessly and is great and has the best features, blah, 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 all that. Very, you know, they'll have a brilliant commercial with a catchy song and 
Jonathan Ives, I think that's how you pronounce it, Ives, right, will come on and talk about how the design and they measured it down to the millimeter so that it's perfectly comfortable on your face, all that crap. They're going to come in and do exactly that and the glasses are going to cost $1,000 and everyone's going to buy them. That's what I think the Apple strategy is going to be. They're going to come in within the next 24 months after the the first few competitors have gone out there and probably been killed in the market and not sold well. They're going to come in with their beautiful device just like they did with the iPhone 10 years ago and they're going to sell like crazy. And the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac will all take a second step i guess will will be secondary products for apple behind the ar glasses that's my kind of prediction my expectation apple's going all in that's really what i think and it really does make sense when you look at apple's business model what they do best and what they've done in the past all right, so let's talk about a couple of the other things that was announced at uh their developer conference last week Siri got a huge upgrade. Um, finally, I mean, Siri, that is the biggest thing. My, I'm an iPhone user. I don't use Macs. I have I've been Windows my entire life, but I've been an iPhone loyalist for probably, if, I don't know, like five years now just because I, I love iPhones. I, I do. I, I ha, I've had Samsungs. I've had Android phones before. Don't like them. I prefer iPhone. But the biggest gripe with iPhone is, is Siri. It sucks compared to Google Assistant and other, uh, you know, Alexas and other voice assistants. But finally, app developers can now integrate Siri shortcuts for specific app uses. Um, and there's also going to be a new built-in shortcuts app. So you can set up voice commands for Siri that have many steps. And Apple has created they said, I think, 100 pre-made steps, but you can also create your own custom one instead. So they gave the example um, during the demo. It was the person said, all they said was, hey, Siri, I'm heading home. And the then Siri automatically did all these things. I'm going to I have the list right here. Siri automatically got the person's location, found the fastest route home with the least amount of traffic then took the time that it will take the person to get home from the shortest route and texted it to the person's roommate saying, I'll be home in blank minutes. Then it set the home thermostat to 70 degrees, turned on the fan in her room, and then it turned on her favorite uh, podcast or radio station for the ride home, or it would it can turn on your favorite Spotify playlist, whatever. All that stuff in like a second, it just does it for you. Uh, all you have to say is, hey, Siri, heading home. And that's like just one of their examples. But that's what you're going to be able to do with the new update for Siri. Thank God, because Siri sucks right now. It has sucked for a while. And that's definitely, I'll be definitely taking advantage of that new feature. Hopefully the pre-made ones are good. I don't know how tedious it will be to set up your own, but I know I'll have the patience. I don't know how much patience other people will have. But Thank you. Thank you, Apple, for finally updating Siri. And the other major thing that I've been asking for forever, and a lot of iPhone users have been asking for it forever, is notification tuning, I guess you could say, notification management. Uh, this is less of a game changer and more of a catch-up thing for Apple, but I just wanted to mention it because it's I'm gonna it's a feature I'm gonna be using on day one. Basically, you can uh, do a few things. You can rate notifications by quality and then group them so that instead of getting 50 individual notifications for like an Instagram when you post, 
uh, it'll just group them all into one, which is great because I hate getting a uh, like you know if, when you post something on Instagram and if it gets fifty likes and comments or whatever or whatever, it's like I don't need an individual <laughs> notification for every single one of those. It, it's quite annoying. So, anyways, that's going to be fixed. You can just group them into one. You can also separate notifications so that only important ones show on your lock screen while the rest will only show when you actually unlock your phone and open the notification center which i really like so thank you for finally having notification management and tooting this is something I, I i i literally don't look at my notifications on my phone anymore like i i don't i don't open the notification center because it's just it's a mess it's it's the worst and it's Whenever someone brings up the argument of Android versus iPhone, which I hate that argument, I don't, not someone who cares, like what you like, but that's one of the things that I've hated about iOS for a long time is the notifications are a mess. So finally they're fixing it. Thank goodness. And then the final thing that got some buzz, because in theory it goes against Apple's goal of wanting you to spend more time on their devices, but, and I agree with Apple's sentiment here, that long term users will actually like and appreciate their devices more if they don't have the feeling of addiction. What am I talking about? Well, they have a new screen time tracking app. So the screen time app, if you haven't heard, it tracks how much time you spend on different apps and how often you check your phone and which apps are sending you the most notifications, etc. Uh, and it even lets you put time limits on apps so that you don't waste the day away on Facebook or Instagram, YouTube, Netflix, whatever. You can set time limits on all of those things and you'll get a notification like, hey, you've spent 30 minutes on Instagram, probably time to stop. Cool, I guess. I I think it made waves just because people were shocked saying, doesn't Apple want people to use their phones more? But I agree with them in that they want users to enjoy their phones, not be addicted to them, not feel a, a withdrawal if they don't have them. So, And personally, I think it's going to be useful just because I think it's very easy for anyone you know I I consider myself a pretty focused person but I can even fall into a Instagram or Twitter hole or whatever where you just find yourself oh my god I just wasted 45 minutes on Instagram so that will be nice uh, and the last thing oh yeah and they just put all of the group video chat apps like Marco Polo and house party house party out of business because now FaceTime has group video and with up to 32 people which who has a call with 32 people on facetime okay i mean that sounds ridiculous isn't everyone just gonna be like talking over each other this seems like a mess but anyways up to 32 people you don't have to have 32 people but they have group facetime now um and that's what those apps marco polo and house party did they've raised over a hundred million dollars from venture capitalists in the past couple of years because they were providing a feature that was not in the current FaceTime or yeah, the the old FaceTime, but they just lost millions of users because now FaceTime has group chat. So good luck to them. They had to see this coming though, right? Like, I, I don't know if they're in full panic mode, if they have a plan, I don't know. But when that's your only discerning feature and now it comes default with an iPhone, uh, that sounds like a hundred million dollars down the drain to me. But anyways, enough about Apple. Let's get in to the news. It's time for the news. All right, so the news article that intrigued me this week that kind of caught my attention 
was that Ant Financial, the company behind Alipay um, in China, raised a whopping $14 billion at a $100 billion valuation. And Chinese companies are still receiving massive foreign investment despite the seemingly ever-increasing anti-China sentiment among many investors and politicians in the West in in US and Europe, it seems like there's a growing anti-China sentiment. It it kind of almost reminds you of like this anti-USSR sentiment from back in the day. Not that I was around back in those times, but you know, I've I've read up on my history. But it's clear that the venture capital world does not care about what political sentiment is in the West because they just raised fourteen billion dollars. And that makes them more valuable. At a $100 billion valuation, that makes them more valuable than Goldman Sachs, which is valued at $90 billion. And honestly, I actually think Ant Financial, when I did some digging, might be undervalued. Get this. They have 500 million users in China. 500 million. And they're going to take that $14 billion that they just raised and use it to strategically expand to surrounding Asian countries like India, Thailand, Indonesia, Korea, Malaysia, and the Philippines, and others. Pakistan too, I believe. If all goes according to plan, they could very easily have, in about three years or so, within the next three years, they could easily hit the $1 billion customer mark. 1 billion people using their financial platforms. And that's 1 billion customers in an area of the world where household income and overall net worth and wealth of the population is rapidly increasing. Ant Financial is setting itself up to be one of the largest, if not the largest company in the world within the next few years. And I feel like this is very much going under the radar. I have not heard much about this. It it caught me off guard. And Listen, I too agree with the sentiment of the Chinese government overreaching and building up too much debt, especially on that part. If if you look at how leveraged some of the financial institutions and government institutions are in China, it's quite ridiculous. They need to get a handle on that. Their, Their growth is important, but you cannot grow yourself to death, which is kind of the trap that I think you know the Chinese government has fallen into a bit but when it comes to ant financial it's getting harder and harder to bet against them they are probably going to go public within the next 18 months 24 months within basically two years or so probably it's a guess you know this is mostly rumors but probably when these companies get this big they kind of have to go public just to keep raising more money uh, and plus because prior investors want to cash out on their massive hundred billion dollar investment um so they'll probably go public and honestly i might have to take a close look into them myself if they do decide to ipo and decide whether or not i should pick up a few shares and maybe you should too because man this company looks like it could be a literal behemoth i mean it's already kind of a behemoth being that it has 500 million customers and has a hundred billion dollar valuation bigger than goldman sachs but i mean they could be the financial staple of all of Asia, and that could easily translate, forget a $100 billion company, they could be a trillion dollar company up there with the Apples and Googles and Amazons of the world. Very fascinating, very interesting. This is going under the radar. I'm not sure why. 
I would definitely pay attention to it if I were you guys. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And as always, goodbye. I said as always goodbye. I meant to say as always thank you for listening, but then I said it before. Anyways, goodbye.